Hallelujah, Jesus. We trust in you this morning. We trust in you today um, because we can. Because when we gather together like this and we begin to sing praises and begin to exalt your name, it's in your presence that we're reminded of what you've done, of what you are doing, and what you're about to do. That it's in your nature to be faithful. It's in your nature to be good. It's in your nature to bless and to take care of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Thank you, God, that even in the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear any evil because you are with us. In the valleys and in the peaks, you're making a way. And Father, guard us against forgetting because it is in, it is in those moments that we forget that we become vulnerable. But Lord, when we remember, and today we remember your goodness, we sing of your goodness, we speak of your goodness, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for reminding us today that we can always trust in you even when life isn't going smoothly you will be our strength because as we wait upon the Lord you will renew our strength we'll mount up with wings as eagles we'll run and not grow weary we will walk and not faint you'll give us the strength to endure and to overcome so I pray that over each and every one of us today God that they would be renewed that they would be refreshed in you and those that have forgotten in this moment would be reminded and they would come back to the Father in repentance and God that you would restore them giving them forgiveness of sins and peace in their hearts and minds again we thank you for that in Jesus name if you receive that say amen you can be seated let's give it up for our incredible team that we had today including our youngest members. You guys did fantastic. Thank you so much. Such a great job. Thank you, Joseph. All right. Well, I'm excited to share with you today a word that God has put upon my heart for those of you who are under the age of 100. This message is for you. Okay. It's Family Fifth Sunday. Uh, it's not just for the kids. We're trying to really uh, gear this toward the kids, but you better believe the Lord has a message for each and every one of us. Something I forgot to mention earlier, I want to get out there right now. If you are joining us for the first time today, we just want to welcome you. Can we just give a hand clap for anyone who may be joining us for the first time? That's you who are here in person. Those of you that are watching online, we thank you so much. Even if it's not live, even if you're watching this later, we're so glad that you chose to tune in. And we'd love to have the opportunity to get connected with you a little bit better. And so um, at your tables, you should have a connect card available to you to fill out. If not, you can also um, scan that QR code at your table and you can fill out a digital one. But we just desire to uh, grab your contact information so we can connect with you and uh, let you know what's happening here at the fountain. We won't spam you or harass you, I promise. Uh, but we look forward to having an opportunity to connect with all of our guests. Fountain of Life is a family, amen? But there's always room for more at the table. Amen? You like how I tied in the tables? 
Okay. I learned from Jeff's training. Jeff was, uh, I was trying to get him to do the dance moves, and I know um, he didn't really know them. So now that he's seen the dance moves, how many of you think Jeff should come up here and, and dance for us? <laughs> I love that guy. I love to tease him about his introvertness. He probably has a lot of extrovert jokes too, but he's just too nice to call me out. Well, here, here, here's how we're going to start off today. In Family Fifth Sunday fashion, we're going to begin with a game. And so what I want to see if I can get first is a mother-daughter, father-son, father-daughter, daughter-son combo. So a parent and a child, and I need two teams, okay? So I need one parent, one child, and then another parent and another child. Do we have anybody who would like to volunteer with those stipulations? Okay, Teddy's got his hand up, but is Lauren willing to come up? <laughs> All right, I got to have both. Okay, let's get, let's get Amir and Karen. Let's welcome them as they come up. And who else? <clears throat> I just choked on my own saliva. Ever do that? All right, Mitch and Haley, come on up here. Let's give it up for them. Okay, now, uh, second question. Mitch, how are your knees? Are they so-so, solid? Are your knees okay? You don't have many major knee problems? Okay, so here's what I want. Um, I think in the spirit of Family Fifth Sunday, it's the parents that should have to look silly. Don't you guys think so? Okay, so what I would like is for Mitch, if you could just kneel like this, as close to the steps as possible, okay? And then Karen, same thing over here. I know you got shorts on. I hope that's not too painful for you, okay? And what I need is I need your children to stand behind you. So Mitch, you'll need to come in inside the monitor because the monitor is going to get in the way, okay? And here's what's going to happen is I have two, if I can even open the box, I have two donuts on a stick, Okay, and so Haley, what you're going to do is you're going to hold this like you're fishing. So you probably need to come all the way up to the top and you're going to hold it over his head like that. Okay, now don't do anything with it yet. Okay, you do the same thing. All right, now here's the goal. We're going to put up a 60 second timer. Okay, and when it starts there, you guys have to put your arms behind your back. You can only use your head and mouth and you're going to try to eat as much of the donut as possible. So whoever either finishes, <laughs> I love this already, whoever finishes the donut first, or when time runs out, whoever eats the most, is declared the, wi the winner. So if by chance it, it falls off on accident, don't try to do it on purpose, that's cheating, then you have to still only use your mouth. You can grab it, but you can only use your mouth. Okay. Now, if you're going to do a face plant, feel free to put a hand out, but you know what I mean. Don't use your hands. Okay, make sense? All right, let's get the timer ready, and then we're going to start in... All right, is the timer ready? Are we good? Okay, three, two, one, go. All right. Let's cheer them on, guys. Come on, they need your support. 60 seconds. Let's go. You got to steady it. You got to steady it, guys. Oh, Mitch was so close. Mitch was so close. Oh, it fell off. Okay, you gotta, you still gotta use your mouth. All right, you almost got it, Mitch. Oh, wow, look at this, look at this. <laughs> Good job, Haley, you're doing great, Haley. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there it goes, there it goes. <laughs> oh, you got competition, you got competition. 
Don't choke. Don't choke. All right, we got it. We got 16 seconds left. Oh, it's close. It's close. Okay, let me see. Scoot over. Scoot over. Whoever can show me a clean mouth first is going to have this. Lathia is here for support. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so they just got to swallow, and we'll see. Oh, man, this is, this is close. This is close. Who's going to be the champion of the donut eating contest? How many of you think Mitch has got it? Make some noise. How many of you think Karen's got it? Make some noise. Whoa. Oh, this is close. Karen looks like she's almost done. Let's see. Oh, we have a winner. All right. Good job, man. Great job, Haley. Let's get up for Haley and for Amir. Good job, guys. You're good teammates. I don't know what I want to do with these. Maybe just put them back up here, right, Ashley? Here, I'll take that. Thank you. Great job, guys. Now, that was fun. Who says church can't be fun, right? So cool. All right, so why did we do that? Besides the fact that it's Family Fifth Sunday and we want to be a little silly and have some fun, there's something I want you to notice about what took place. Did you notice how much effort and attention had to be given to what their mouths and tongues were doing? Mm, anybody know where I'm going yet? And so, so there was no other factors, right? Other than a dangling donut, the rest was just in the hands of how they would choose to guide and direct their mouths and their tongues in that situation. And just think of just how hard they had to concentrate, how much intentionality they had to have to accomplish that and to come away victorious like Karen and Amir. In the same way, God wants us to pay that much attention and effort to our tongue when it comes to the words that we say and the, and, the, and the things that come out of our mouths. See, when we're careless with our words, it can cause a lot of damage. It can cause a big mistake. And sometimes when we use our words in a wrong way, it can prevent us from receiving what God has for us. You know, sometimes he's feeding us truth and we can't receive it because we keep running our mouth or we keep speaking lies that reinforce themselves so that we can't receive the truth. Sometimes God wants to use us to be a blessing to someone else, but we're more concerned about um, how we're perceived or maybe we want to get laughs. And so we say something that's harmful and hurtful. And so instead of being a blessing to that person, we become a curse to that person. How many of you, raise your hand, young and old this morning, have ever used your words in a way that caused a lot of damage? I'm raising my hand. Ooh, see, confession is healing, right? You guys are being so honest today. I appreciate that. But how many of you have ever been very intentional with your words in order to encourage someone? Yeah, hopefully just as many hands, right? And so in both cases, in both scenarios, see, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. How many of you think that sounds like a big deal? And it also says that blessings and curses should not come out of the same mouth, right? Because we know that words are powerful. Because in both of those cases, whether good or bad, the impact of your words was great. So this is how we'd like to open up our discussion this morning before we dive deep into the Word of God. We want to answer these two questions at our tables. When have your words done damage? And when have your words done good? 
One of your words torn down, one of your words built up. And so we're going to share some stories of how we've seen our words have a big impact, whether good or bad. Go ahead and discuss. All right. Well, I know there's probably plenty more we can continue to talk about. I'll tell you this, based on the answers I heard at my table, wow, words are powerful, are they not? How many of you experienced uh, being on the receiving end of some powerful words? Okay. How many of you have had times where it's been, had a negative effect on you? How many of you had a positive effect at you at times, right? Okay, we've probably been on both sides of the coin. But one of the biggest lies that we've ever taught our children is that sticks and stones will break your bones, but words can never hurt you, right? That's such a lie. They absolutely can hurt. Otherwise, we wouldn't need to come up with sayings like that. Um, they, they do a lot of damage. And so this morning, we're going to learn how God wants us to tame our tongue and use it for good and not for bad. And so those of you that have your fill-in-the-blank notes today, that is the first blank. It's the main point of this message today. Tame your, what's the word, kids? Tongue. That's right, tame your tongue. So fill that in. And then if you will follow along with me, we're going to be starting in the book of James, chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. James, chapter 3, Verses three through six, and I'm going to need some kids to help me make sense of this passage because it's a little bit weird. You know, it's kind of hard to understand. So your pastor needs help. Okay, you ready? Here it goes. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Wow. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell It self. Whoa, those are some tricky verses, aren't they? And so I want to talk to a couple kids. Um, Who's somebody in here who can tell me what you think those verses are really trying to tell us about our tongue? Anybody? I'm walking, I'm just walking to Alyssa. I'm going to make her say something. Any thoughts? I won't put a microphone in your face. What do you think? What do you think the Bible's trying to tell us about our tongue, really, and all those that words can hurt. That's a great answer, is it not? Okay, anybody else? Amir? To watch what you say. We should absolutely be careful what we say, right? David? Words are more powerful than we think. Those are great answers. Anyone else? One more? Yes. I forgot her name for a second. Tell me your name again. Kaylin. Thank you. Absolutely. That is a wonderful answer. She said, depending on what you say, it can either be very damaging or it can help a whole lot. And so, um, great thoughts. And what we want to do now is, you know, sometimes, well, all the time, there are 
great uh, correlations between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so a lot of times you can find a great teaching in the New Testament and find a story in the narrative of the Old Testament that really serves as a great illustration and reminder. So today, we're going to tell you a story from the book of 1 Samuel that has to do with David, 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 and Abigail. And so for this, I'm going to need some kids to help me tell this story, Okay. And so this story is going to take three volunteers. I'm going to call on you in a second. Uh, but first, I need one kid who wants to be a man named Nabal. Who would like to play Nabal for us? Andres, come up here. You're going to be Nabal. Now, Nabal, Nabal's an interesting character. He had a big problem. Everybody say, Andres, you have a big problem. <laughs> Just kidding. You can stay right down there. And so um, his big problem was he was very rude and mean. And so I want you to make your real angry face to them out there so you can show them your rude and mean face. There we go. There we go. He, it, was, it was an effort. It was good. Good. A for effort, as my kids always tell me. All right. And so every time we say the name Nabal, I want you guys to go, grrr. Ready? Let's practice it. Nabal. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so Nabal, perfect, had a wife named Abigail. And I need a lovely young lady who wants to play Abigail. All right. Alyssa, come on up here. Sorry, Emily, if I picked you, they would have known it was just because you're my daughter and you'd be getting special treatment. All right. So Alyssa, you're, you're going to be a great Abigail. You know why? Because Abigail was a beautiful, intelligent, and kind person. Does that sound like Alyssa or what, right? So Alyssa, I want you to give them your best, most beautiful smile. Show your teeth. There you go. Awesome. And so, um, and so Abigail, like, she was beautiful and she was wise. And so every time we say the name Abigail, I want you to say B-E-A-utiful. Ready? Okay. Abigail, B-E-A-utiful. Perfect. And so one day, David and his army uh, were camped in, in the desert near Nabal's house. And so I need somebody who's going to be King David. King David. All right, let's get Kaysen. Come on up here, buddy. All right, so if you could stand, I guess, in the middle, I think that'll be fine. And so David, we all know who David is, right? David was tall, or he was strong and mighty. So I want you to stand up tall with his shoulders back and look mighty. Show us your mighty look. Oh, that's awesome. Does he not look mighty? And so every time I say David, I want everybody in the audience to say, all hail the king. Are you ready? David. Perfect. So David and his army needed food and water. And so they approached Nabal, right? They approached him to see if he could help and listen to what he said. And as we go through this, here's what's going to happen. This morning, I'm going to give you three ways in your notes that you can t tame your tongue and train it to do good instead of evil. How many of you think that's a good thing for us to learn today? Okay, so number one is this. Always start with kind words. So your blank is the word kind. Always start with kind words. Now, David, this is what David said. So he and his army come in. They're doing the Lord's work. They're tired, exhausted, hungry, and thirsty. And David, I want you to repeat these lines after me like a king would say them, Okay. So go ahead and face the audience, and I want you to say this line. May you live a long time. 
perfect. May everything go well with you and your family. Please give me and my men anything you can find for us. Okay, so let's stop for a second. I want us to analyze what, just, what he just said. Were those words kind or unkind? Let me hear. They were kind, right? They were kind. Okay, so here's principle number two. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. So speak is your word there. But here's what happened next, okay? Then Nabal, that's right, he heard the request and he shouted, why should I give away my bread and water? Come on, you got to say it like louder and nastier. Why should I give away my bread and water? Very good. Why should I give food to men who come from who knows where? From who knows where? Perfect, perfect. Were those words now, were those words kind or unkind? Unkind, right? And do you think that Nabal thought before he spoke? I mean, think about it. This is King David, the guy who slayed the giant, right? And he's got an army with him. And he comes in, he's fighting the battle for the Lord, and he needs help. And Nabal just splurts out with like sarcasm and nastiness. Don't you think that was kind of disrespecting when he's like, who knows where these people came from? Don't you think he probably knew where they came from? David was pretty famous, and so he's, he's just being sarcastic, and he's, he's knocking them down a notch. How many of you ever done that? Use your words to be sarcastic, maybe to tear somebody down or to get somebody to laugh. It can hurt. It can really hurt. Not only that, but it can cause damage for a whole lot of people, okay? And so we have to think before we speak. So when David, all hail the king, right, heard what Nabal grrr, said, he was furious, So David, show them your furious face. You're really angry now. Go ahead and just glare at Andres because you're mad at, you're mad at Nabal, okay? Okay, and so this is not good. And so what happened is David, there you go, he gathered his army and prepared for battle. This is not looking good for Nabal, is it? Okay, so when Abigail, B-E-A-utiful, how does that feel, everyone saying beautiful when you... Okay. She's like, I hear it all the time. No big thing. Uh, when, when she heard what Nabal said to David, she jumped into action. Show me jumping into action and striking a pose. Oh, that's very good. That's very good. Okay, so nice job. So she gathered enough food and drink on her own for the whole army, and she took it to David. Go ahead, give him some food and drink. Okay, yes, all hail the king, good job. Some of you are on top of it. Okay, here's principle number three. Always be quick to say sorry. Always be quick to say sorry. Then Abigail, here's what she said. Are you ready to repeat these lines after me? But you gotta say it to the audience, okay? I'm sorry for what my husband said. The Lord is with you. I've brought a gift for you and your men. Okay, so were those words kind or unkind? All right, so they were kind. And so when David heard these kind words, it says that the anger drained from him. Can you picture that? Have you ever had somebody, you're so angry, but somebody says the right thing, and it's just like, (sighs) 
The anger just starts to melt off. I heard somebody say, no, we're going to pray for that person. They need a breakthrough. Strongholds broken down in Jesus' name. And so he laid his sword down, lay your sword down, and he took the food and drink from Abigail. (laughs) There we go. And so, that's great. That's great. Joseph, always late. What can I say? Um, (laughs) With just a few, and see, that was sarcasm. You got to be careful. Say, be careful, Pastor Joe. Sometimes words hurt, even when you think they don't. So with just a few kind words, Abigail was able to stop David from killing Nabal. Aren't you thankful, Nabal, that your wife was wise? Okay, so you guys can go ahead back to your seats. Let's give it up for our kids. So in today's story, Nabal was rude and his unkind words almost started a war that would have certainly killed Abel or Nabal, different story. Um, His words had the power to cause a whole lot of damage. In fact, that's what our Bible verse is really talking about today. Let's read it together. Verse five, James chapter, I put four verse five, but it's three verse five. Sorry about that. Um, It says, but a tiny spark can start, or sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. I want you to think about how small a spark is. How small is a spark, guys? It's really small, right? Like, here's an example. I brought this thing. I'm always looking for excuses to make fire, okay? And so this is a spark, right? You see that? Is that big or small, right? But you want it bigger? I know you do. You're like me, pyromaniac, right? So sometimes you think something small is harmless, right? But what if I were to do that next to a gas can? Don't try that at home, right? Kids and parents, that could be very dangerous. That could be deadly and explosive. If I did that near some, some tender or some, uh, some, a fire I'm trying to start, it could start that fire. And so this same spark can cause enormous damage if it's done, done the wrong way, the wrong place, and the wrong time. Or if I use this spark to light a campfire, it can be a source of warmth that helps me survive a cold night in the middle of the forest, right? Same spark, but different uses of that spark and different scenarios. And your words are the same way. A tiny spark can start a huge forest fire that burns everything down in its path. A tiny spark can do damage, but a tiny spark can also provide warmth that is needed in your tongue is the same way. Although they're small, they can say words that either start fights and cause huge damage or they can bring healing and soothe the soul. In fact, I want you to do something with me. I want everybody, I want you to hold on your tongue like this, okay? And I want you to repeat after me. My tongue is tiny, but it can do damage. Okay, my fingers taste funny. And unfortunately, when we say damaging words, no, you don't have to repeat anymore. Um, When we say damaging words, how many of you know when you say your words, you can't take them back, right? I'm going to show you what I mean. Uh, Can I get a couple of helpers to bring this table up for me real quick? I need two two grown-ups, two grown-ups. And can you guys lift that without letting stuff slide off? I've got the biggest risk of spilling right here. 
But if you can carefully keep it level as you come up the stairs. And I want it like right here where I'm standing. You see me? Yeah, like right there. Perfect. We're going to get a beautiful illustration of what I'm talking about. And now I need, I need a student who wants to come help me out. JJ, come on up here. You raised your hand so fast. How can I say no? All right, so JJ, here's what I want to do. You know, as you know that all words start out as thoughts, right? I mean, usually you can, you, sometimes people say, I said it without thinking it, but that's impossible, right? What that means is I didn't stop to consider the weight of my words. But what happens is these words enter our brain, right? And if we don't correct that thinking, eventually they come out in actions and words, right? And so here's what we have here. What we have here, these are going to be our thoughts. Do you see that powder in there? That's going to be our, our thoughts. And if we allow them to remain in us uh, long enough, so we're going to pour this water in there. And, and I want you to stir it up. So you're stirring it up. And so that means you're, you're holding on to those thoughts, right? You're refusing to, to change those thoughts. You're entertaining those thoughts. And now we're going to get it stirred up really, really, really good. And as those thoughts get down into our heart, go ahead and pour it into this, into this bottle real quick. He's got to make sure it's good, okay? And pour it kind of fast, kind of fast. There we go. Look at that. Oh my goodness, what's happening? Do you see the mess that that made right there? It just spewed out. Have you ever been in a situation like that, JJ, where you started talking before you started thinking? Next thing you know, it's like you couldn't stop yourself. You're like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Why am I still talking? Like when you're talking back to your mom. You've never done that, right? And you're like, yeah, I mean, you ever experienced that? Like there's like this still small voice inside that it's like, JJ, shh, stop, JJ, shh. And you just keep going and going and going and going. And you're like, I'm going to die for this, but... I've already started. I might as well finish, right? And that's what happened. You have this mess. So here's what we need to do. We've got a mess now. And so what JJ is going to do is we're going to put 30 seconds on the clock. And he is going to take all of this foam and he's going to put it back in the bottle. Are you ready? Okay. You got to you do your best. Okay. Don't worry. I have wipes to clean up with later. Are we ready? Let's get the countdown on the screen on your mark. Yep. Just try to put it back in. Get set. Go. Come on, let's cheer him on. Let's cheer him on. Go, 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 go. He's getting some of it back in. He's getting some of it back in. Good job, JJ. Making progress. 20 seconds left. All right. Come on, guys. All right, let's hear the countdown. Four. Three, two, one, time's up. All right, let's give it up for JJ. Uh, how close were you to getting it all in there, JJ? I don't know, like halfway. Like halfway? That's, that's pretty good. Here you go. Take some of those and you can wipe off. Here's a few extra. Maybe mom can help too. Let's give it up for JJ as he heads back to his seats. You're awesome, man. Very cool. Well, you know what? I think, I think the adults know what I'm going to say. Do the kids know what I'm going to say? that's a lot like our words, isn't it? Because once we say them, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things we can do. But see, our, 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 uh, our words have the power to make a big mess, just like we saw here. But once they come out of your mouth, you can't put them back in. See, even though you can apologize, which is awesome, that was one of our main points, right? Be quick to apologize. You still can't unsay something. 
And although God can heal and restore people from hurtful things that are said, um, it can also be a stumbling block that someone will choose to hold on to and can cause some real damage in their life or in your life as well. So I don't know if this will come as a shock to you, but Pastor Joe used to be an immature teenager. Can you believe that? And when I was a teenager, I was the class clown. And the reason why I was the class clown is because I thought it validated me. I thought it gave me value. I thought it got people to notice me. And there was nothing that felt better to me when I said something and it made the whole class laugh. It was just like this huge rush, like, wow, I'm somebody, I'm important. Pretty silly, right? Um, And so I was always making jokes. And um, I'm sure this isn't the case now for you kids and your school because you guys have way too much respect. But when I was in school, it was really funny to do mama jokes. Ooh, yeah, yeah, mama jokes. And so, you know, some of them were... um, sort of innocent, some of them not so innocent, but we might come up to someone and say something like, your mom is so short, you can see her feet in the driver's license photo, right? Or your mom is so lazy, she has a stay-at-home job and she's still late to work. Or finally, your mama's teeth are so yellow, when she smiles at traffic, it slows down. Okay, so kids, now, I know you're laughing, don't, don't tell those jokes. Don't talk about people's mamas. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, don't talk about mamas. But here's, here's the sad part, is sometimes humor is lazy. You know what I'm saying? We, it's too easy. And sometimes that lazy humor is the most hurtful humor. And so my favorite mama joke was when you can take anything anyone says and just say, your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I'm in youth group, in the church fan, cracking up jokes, trying to get everybody to notice me and pay attention to me. Extroverts, right, Jeff? And there was a student in our youth group who recently had lost his mom to cancer. I think you know where this is going. And he was in the back of the van and doing his best to cope with it to mourn, but go on and like, and, and youth group was a place that he could forget his troubles. How many of you sometimes you just like to be at church? Um, not to be fake, I'm not talking about that, but so you can just focus on God, right? And not focus on your troubles. And so I think youth group was a time for him to have, be around friends and just feel like life is normal. We were going on a fun trip. And so he made a crack and I responded with your mom and you could hear a pin drop in the church van And it still didn't dawn on me why. And so I doubled down. I was like, that's right. I said your mom. Then I realized what I had done. All of a sudden it came back to me. Oh my goodness. I was so caught up with getting a laugh that I became completely unaware of the pain that this kid was going through. And in that moment, I'd like to say I made things right, but like a coward, I shrunk down low in my seat and didn't say another word for the rest of the night. Felt trash, felt like a terrible person for what I had just done, but I kept it to myself. Now, I just want to issue a challenge to young people in here specifically, because I know we like to joke, but how much is a laugh worth to you? How much is a laugh worth to you? Is it worth 
hitting someone where they feel the most pain? Is it worth the possibility of causing that person to sink into a deep, deep, dark place where they could make maybe some really destructive choices? How many of you would raise your hand and say, no, it's not worth it, Pastor Joe? Good, good, you're getting the message. And so as hurtful as those words that I spoke were, I think that there was something I did to hurt him by what I did not speak. And that was to say, I'm sorry. To acknowledge what I had done, to take the opportunity to say, I can't imagine what you're feeling, but I want you to know that I'm here for you. So church, if you're not careful with your words, it's easy to really hurt someone. Sometimes it's harsh words or name calling. Sometimes it can be lying or gossiping about someone. Sometimes it's just saying something to make a person feel bad about themselves so you can feel better about yourself. But that's why God tells us to be very careful with our words. Just like Abigail, okay, I thought some of you would remember, instead of causing war with her words, like Nabal, Abigail used her words to bring peace. You and I can do the same thing, amen? So I'd like to invite the worship team to come as we uh, prepare to close. This message is for all of us. Raise your hand if you agree it's for all of us. Man, wouldn't it be nice to know that every adult has tamed their tongue, right? That we've figured this out. We've made enough of those bonehead mistakes like Pastor Joe that as adults, we always watch our words very carefully and nothing ever slips out that we regret. But let's be honest, adults, do we always weigh our words carefully before we speak? Sometimes I'm convicted about the way that I speak to my children because they can infuriate me sometimes. And I'll say things that they're not even insults, right? They're, they're not meant to be necessarily insults. I'm not calling them names or anything, but I'll say things like, you always start sentences with you always, or I'll start sentences with you never, or worse, at times I've said stuff like, you don't care about anyone but yourself. And they may have just done something that that's the way I interpreted what they did. But sometimes we can even say things that are worse than that. But parents, let me tell you this. Your words both inspire positive behavior, but they also reinforce negative behavior. And something that I don't want to happen is I don't want to make a you always statement or a you never statement or you don't care about anyone but yourself statement. And they take that upon themselves as an identity. Yep, this is who I am. I'm a bad kid. I only care about myself because my parents keep repeating this over and over and I have behavior to, to connect it to because I know what I did and it was selfish. So this must be who I am. We've got to learn how to correct in a way that certainly corrects and calls out the sin, but inspires who God has created them to be. Kids and youth, Man, the jokes that you tell are more than just jokes. And the wrong words can cause damage that you may not even be able to see. And I'm as guilty of sarcasm as anybody else. And there may be moments where it's okay and it's appropriate. But the problem is, it's really hard to know that, isn't it? 
because you don't know someone's life. You don't know what's going on in their head. And you may make a joke that's completely innocent, but because of something that they just went through or were faced with, it cut them really, really deep. So I'm not here to tell you you can never goof around with your friends. But what I wanna do is I wanna issue a challenge to each and every one of us that we put these principles into practice today by being like David, to lead with a blessing, right? To, to always be quick to be kind, to be kind first. Use, always use kind words first. What if we always led with a blessing? I grew up in a locker room. Anybody else, right? Played for a sports team in, in high school. And it's, it's locker room culture. Be like, hey, stupid. And that's what you say to your friends, that's, that's, that's how you know you're in the club, like, like you're a part of the team, like, hey, ugly, how's it going, you know? And that's how they would talk to each other. But what if we, instead of doing that, we decided to lead with a blessing? What's up, friend? How you doing? Great play out there on the field last night. It's nice to see you again. I've missed your face. What if we led with a blessing everywhere we went? See, sometimes the best defense is a good offense, right? Because if you're always thinking about how can I be a blessing with my mouth, aren't you less likely to speak curses? I tell my kids all the time, if they're starting to get hurtful with their words, I say, hey, why did God give you a mouth? And I've trained him to say, to be a blessing. That's why he, got, he gave us a mouth so that we can speak truth. And truth sets free. Truth heals. Truth builds up. So let's lead with a blessing. And here's what I'd like to do. The team is going to uh, kind of be singing softly. But we want to take some time to put God's word into action right now. Something really easy. At your tables, I just want you to take turns blessing one another. And I want you to dig as deep as you can. If it's somebody you don't know, maybe you're able to just say something about how they present themselves or how they look nice today or whatever it is. But I want you to dig deep and I want you to truly consider. Now, now don't just blow smoke. This isn't flattery. But from the heart, say something that's true that will lift them up. And so we're just gonna take a few minutes to encourage each other at our tables. And then I'm gonna come back up here and we're gonna end by singing a blessing over each and every one of us, okay? So Father, right now as we go to our tables, I pray that you'd speak through, through us, through your Holy Spirit and inspire us and give us the words that someone needs to heal, to hear, words that will bring healing, words that will build up and encourage, words that will inspire faith and growth. And I thank you that you've given us a tongue, God, to be able to speak your truth and your words into others' lives. And we thank you for this moment and this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. So begin to bless each other at your tables.